Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Ask John Call-In Day. This is an open question and answer session where you can call in and speak to me directly or simply listen live on the audio page on the webpage. If you've called in and have questions, press 1 to raise your hand. If you're listening on the audio player on the webpage, you'll see a box where you can type in questions. Feel free to enter your questions there as well. These sessions are all about you, and this is your opportunity to call in and speak to me live, and let me work with you to help you solve your weight loss problems forever. So if you've got something you want to talk about, please give us a call. Cool. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Ask John Show. And, yeah, if you want to talk to me, call in and press 1. <clears throat> you'll you know, you'll be transferred to Tiffany's desk, and she'll screen you, uh, and then she'll send me a text, and we can chat. We can talk about whatever's going on in your specific situation. I also have Coach Nadia with us, and I'll bring her in in a little while, <clears throat> and she's going to help us a- answer some of the other questions, either in the chat role or some of the uh, questions that people have been asking over the last couple of weeks. And uh, before we do that, there's something that I just wanted to talk about uh, for a little while uh, that uh, people have been asking me a lot about, and that is I did a uh, – I did a Facebook Live a couple of weeks ago about this kind of really cool, what I consider a, a winter hack. <clears throat> but you can use it any time. You can use it in the summer, too. But I'm doing it because it's, it's, it's winter here where I am. I'm in New Zealand. It's cold. And uh, I've been doing a lot of research on cold. Now, as I've talked about many, many times, long-term chronic exposure to cold because, is what's known as a chronic low-grade low stress that can cause you to gain weight. Your body's going to want to have extra weight to protect you from cold. And that is, if it's a long-term chronic exposure, that is if you're outdoors, if you're living outdoors, like if we were thousands of years ago, living outdoors in the cold for months at a time, we're always cold. You know, we've got like an animal skin on us, right? But our shoulders are always cold. Our hands are always cold. Your body's going to want to put on extra fat to protect you if you were living in that environment. That's called a a long-term chronic low-grade stress. And we've heard, the t- we've heard the term chronic low-grade stress before. But we've also heard the term acute stress. And there's a huge difference between an acute stress and a long-term chronic low-grade stress. And acute stress happens for 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes, five minutes. And it's kind of, it's urgent. And the, the, the example that I always use about uh, uh, the, the primal example of an acute stress, if you were living outdoors, was was being chased by a tiger. So if you were living outdoors thousands of years ago and you were, and you, there were tigers out there <clears throat> and they chased you every once in a while. It wouldn't happen all the time. Maybe it happened once a week, maybe twice a week. And you, you had to sprint. And if you weren't lightning fast, you were dead. That's an acute stress. It's also an, a stress. And our bodies are always adapting to stress. <clears throat> the concept the, of survival for our bodies and the way our bodies use this fat is it always adapts to the stress so as to make the stress less stressful. In other words, it adapts so as to make whatever the risk is uh, less of a risk. So if you were living outdoors and you were cold all the time, it would adapt by putting on extra fat because it would be less of a risk. If you were living outdoors and it wasn't cold all the time and you were running away from tigers once or twice a week, it would adapt so that to, to have you have less fat, your body would want to have less fat for survival reasons, and uh, so because it's safer, it makes the stress less stressful. It makes the risk less, less risky. So your body uses fat as a protection mechanism. That's the, in its most primal sense. 
<clears throat> but here's the thing about cold, and, and what's interesting is I've been doing a lot of research on cold. Now, short-term acute uh, exposure to cold, that is we're talking about a minute or two or five minutes or 10 minutes at the most, exposure to cold, it, your body treats that as an acute stress, not as a slow chronic stress. And your body adapts to it as an acute stress, like running away from tiger type of stress <clears throat> by doing things like becoming less insulin resistant, which means that your, your body becomes more efficient at burning fat, your insulin levels get lower, and that's short-term acute exposure to cold. And people are doing all kinds of crazy things, like they're filling up a, a, a bathtub with ice cubes and then diving in and shivering for five minutes or going into these cryogenic chambers. You don't have to be that extreme. Uh, the, the, actually, all you really need to do is you need to take an ice pack and put it on the back of your neck for a couple of minutes, and that gives your nervous system the same reaction. But it's really, really beneficial. Now, here's the thing about cold. Now, most of you, if you're in the States, it, it doesn't apply to you so much uh, right now, but it will when it's wintertime. And where I am now in New Zealand, it's wintertime. So, what, so if, if it's wintertime, two things are happening. One is that it's cold all the time, so you're, not, you're covered all the time. And you're not going out all the time, and you're not getting uh, sunlight on your skin, vitamin, sunlight which produces vitamin D. And sunlight is essential. Once again, not long-term chronic exposure to sun, but short-term acute experiences of sunlight <clears throat> will increase your vitamin D, reduce inflammation, reverse insulin resistance, reverse leptin resistance, all these things that cause you to gain weight. It, they reverse it in a beautiful, beautiful way. And so in the wintertime, we don't get sunlight. And because uh, because we're all we're all covered up. So what I've been doing this is my hack is I go out when it's sunny and cold, and I take my shirt off, and I'm in my shorts, and sometimes if I'm really adventurous, I'm going to be barefoot, <clears throat> and I'm going to I'm going to bathe in the sun for like for five minutes, and that does several things. One, it gives you the it gives you the vitamin D that you need, and it gives you the acute uh, exposure to cold. So it's a great great hack for wintertime. And, uh, and I'm really enjoying it, and my body feels amazing these days, when normally in the wintertime it feels kind of sluggish and, and uh, just tired and a little bit heavier. It doesn't feel that way this time. It feels vibrant. My skin's kind of glowing more, and I've got energy. And, and it's a great tag team hack. But, again, just short-term exposure. So it's something to try. And then if you are in the summertime right now, you're, you're getting sunlight, uh, and, it's, and that's fine, try putting an ice pack once a couple of times a week, putting an ice pack on the back of your neck while you're watching TV or reading or hanging out for <clears throat> five minutes, something like that, or whatever's comfortable for you. Don't push it. And that'll give, you a, that'll give you a nice boost to your metabolism and change your body hormonally. So just something to think about. I think it's really cool. I'm kind of excited about it, and that's why I'm sharing it. And uh, give it a try, and I'd, I'd love, to, love to hear what you think. Cool. So uh, in, the, in the meantime... Uh, let's, let's bring Maddie in if we can, and uh, let's, let's try to answer some questions. Hello, Hi, Nadia. Hey, Nadia. Hi. How are you doing? Hi, I, how I are loved, you? I loved your hack. That sounds really great. <laughs> yeah. Now, you're, you're in Las Vegas most of the time, right? So you probably never <clears> – <throat> you're not going to experience cold uh, during the day pretty much ever, I'm guessing. Is that right? 
it does get uh, it does hover around freezing here in the winter time. So we do experience a little oh, okay. bit of cold, not that thick winter, but well, um, yeah, it does get a bit cold. Well, and I have perfect. actually tried that cryo chamber that you mentioned. Have you? Yeah, you see, I you're did. always one I, step I ahead of me, Nadia. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> so talk about every, everything I come up with. You've like you've done, and you've got you've got the like the next level of it. All right, so tell me about that. Tell me about the cryo. Why did you do it, well, and what what was the result? Well, I met uh, a man called Bim Hoff. I'm not sure if you've heard of him. Yeah, yeah, but he is, yeah, yeah of course I have. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So I met him and I heard him speak. And it was actually coincidental because uh, the day before I heard him speak and met him, I was introduced to the idea of this cryo chamber. And it, I was at a okay. conference wow. and they had the cryo chamber set up. So I thought I'd yeah. try it. And I was actually quite nervous about doing it because I really don't like to be cold ever. And yeah. I okay. thought I'd give it a try just to try something new. And I did. I pushed my comfort zone and I tried it. And it was very cold, but it was also extremely invigorating. And it really wasn't as yeah. hard as I thought. And for the rest yeah. of that day, I was, ex- I was just very high on energy. And I felt yeah. very focused for the rest of the day that after I did that. And since then, I've tried yeah. it a few other times, and I've had really great experiences each time I tried it. You know, it's also it's like to do a cold plunge. You know, sometimes you can go to, like, a, one of these uh, sauna uh, bathhouse-type places where they have this big uh, room, you know, hot rooms, and then you do a cold plunge afterwards, and you go back and forth. Right. That's absolutely amazing. If it's real cold, it just you just feel completely invigorated. Yeah, those are great. When I used to live in Japan, they have those set up. They're they're called the the public yeah, baths yeah. or the public onsen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'll have the hot yeah. pools and the cold plunge pools right next to each other. And this has been done yeah. for ages in a lot of countries, yeah. Japan included. It's it's really amazing. It's actually really good for your lymphatic system because the expansion and the contraction of your ve- blood vessels and dilation is, uh, acts as like a pump also to help drain your lymphatic system which doesn't have its own drainage system. So it's, a, it's really great that way. And, uh, and yeah. you can, but you can also do it in the shower. You know, you can, and I talk about this in the 12 week course, we have a whole week where we just uh, talk about uh, ways to get, uh, to get better sleep. And one of the, one of the ways is right before you go to sleep to take a shower, make the water real hot, as hot, you know, as within your comfort range, but then real cold also within your comfort range for, you know, 30 seconds, then real hot, then real cold, go back and forth like that. And uh, you, you're, you just feel calm and relaxed and invigorated. And then do a little stretch and listen to an evening visualization. It's a perfect, perfect hack for getting, getting to sleep. Yeah, I, I uh, do that quite a lot in the shower. What I do is right at the end of my shower, I'll turn it as cold as I can stand it and stand under that cold water for as long as I can. And I don't yeah. necessarily do it to help me get back to sleep, but I find that it just makes me feel stronger. It makes me feel a little bit more invincible for the rest of that day. But when you say get back to sleep, you're saying like if you wake up in the middle of the night, you'll do that? Is that what you're saying? No, or no. Just I, right before I, I sleep? Yeah, no, I don't do it as a technique oh, oh, to get see, back to sleep simply sorry, because sorry, I don't, I don't yeah, yeah. have a problem with, yeah, yeah, yeah. with sleeping at the yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I'm having my normal yeah. regular showers uh, <laughs> during the day, I'll yeah. put it on cold at the end just to experience that cold that you were talking about. Yeah. Well, definitely try it when it's cold at, over there. Definitely try going outside and getting sun, especially, you know, because you're you're uh, originally from a warmer climate and your skin can absorb more sun and it needs more sun. 
I think it would be really great for you to actually get direct sunlight in the winter and also get a little bit of that cold experience. Yeah, I uh, I do get as much sun as I can. I definitely feel like I'm a solar-powered girl. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Very cool. Cool. Uh, all right, yeah. so uh, what's that? you have some questions for us? We do. Um, okay, so Roma is listening right now. And let me just yeah. read her comment that just came in. She says, uh, this is really interesting. She says, I swim three times a week all year in an outdoor pool. It is now winter yeah. and stripping down yeah. outdoors when it is only three to four degrees isn't pleasant. The yeah. pool is heated yeah. 27 degrees, but it doesn't feel very warm when you take into account the wind chill, et cetera. I, I, I just got to stop you right there now to make sure that people understand also that, uh, that are not that are from the you know from the North America, especially from the U.S. She's talking about Celsius here. She's not talking about swimming in 27 degree Fahrenheit weather. She's talking about Celsius and three degrees. So 27 is going to be uh, in the in the 70s uh, for the water temperature for Fahrenheit. I'm just doing a quick conversion. And three degrees when she says three degrees outside, it's really that's more like around 36 or 38 degrees, which is still very cold. Right. But uh, but right. continue continue with the the question. No, that it was actually not a question. It's just a comment. She was yeah. commenting on the conversation, and yeah, that, that, yeah, that's, what she's that, doing right that's that's so good. And I re- I remember when I lived in uh, Denmark, Western Australia, which is colder uh, than most places in Australia. And w- in the winter time, there used to be this whole club group of people that used to go down uh, to the ocean at six in the morning in the winter time and go skiing, go skiing, go swimming. And uh, it just it just feels so amazing when you get out. Even even when you're halfway in, you just get this invigoration, and, and, uh, and when you come out, you're just you're just glowing. It just feels amazing. Yeah, yeah, that invigoration is what I feel every time I do that cold therapy. Yeah. It's, it's I, I, something incredible. I've come to realize that. Well, you know, I've come to realize that, that actually that invigoration feeling, that however you experience it, it could be you know bungee cord jumping or jumping out of a or being in a parachute or. Whatever the whatever may, being on stage, whatever makes you have that invigoration feeling, if you're having it, if you're not having it all the time, so that you get overwhelmed, it, it is really beneficial for weight loss. It, it it traffics on that same get thin or get eaten uh, fight or flight response that um, makes your body think you need to escape from tigers or be fe- lean or be fierce or be fast. As long as it doesn't happen too often, if it happens too often then it becomes the acute stress becomes a chronic stress and you get what's called the freeze response. And if you look in nature, uh, you take an animal who's real fast. If, if every once in a while he's get, they're getting chased, you know, they're, they're going to run away and they're going to stay lean and healthy and all this. But if they're being dominated to the point where they can't run away or it's happening too much or they're, they're, they're overwhelmed, they're going to freeze. And that freeze response comes when we've had so much acute stress, for example, at work, your boss is always yelling at you and yelling and you're getting, and it's too much. You get this freeze response and the freeze response causes you to gain weight. There's a, the protection for a freeze. Either in nature, you're going to be either really small and fast or you're going to be big and then you don't have to worry about being fast. You know, if you're big enough, you don't have to worry about being fast in nature. You look at animals. <clears throat> Elephant doesn't, got to, doesn't have to run away from anyone. She's big, but, but a rabbit's going to have to run away. They're going to have to be fast. So these are different adaptations in nature, but we have the, those genetic adaptations to some extent. So, uh, so those, these particular things that we're talking about, the things that make you feel invigorated, as long as you look forward to them and you're not pushing yourself 
and it's happening uh, maybe a couple times a week rather than all the time, it's super, super uh, beneficial on a hormonal level for weight loss. It will make your body more sensitive to insulin. It will reduce uh, inflammation. And these are the things, the things you need to do to lose weight are reverse leptin resistance, reverse insulin resistance, and reduce inflammation. And all of those things happen from this kind of brief, acute experience, invigorating experience like cold and other invigorating experiences that you're talking about. Yeah, right. Right. That's such a good explanation, John. Yeah, and if you notice also, sometimes, because I've been on both sides of this, right? When you're real heavy and real tired and real stressed out, you don't want those invigorating experiences. You tend to shy away from them. Uh, and that's because your body has decided that it needs the weight to make you feel safer. And the invigorating experiences are going to get in the way of that. Uh, they're going to cause you to lose weight. And your body doesn't want you to lose weight uh, because for whatever survival reason, it determined that your body needs the excess weight. Now, when that changes through the work that we do uh, by addressing whatever the issue is, if it's an emotional issue uh, or if it's, a, if it's just stress or if it's your microbiome or whatever toxins, not enough sleep, dehydration, whatever the issue is, once you address the issue and your body wants to let go of the weight, you, you then tend to feel lighter and seek out the invigorating experiences. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, yeah, like, it really does. Like, like, like if you're chronically stressed, for example, uh, you're not going to want to seek out an invigorating experience. It's, it's more when you're relaxed and you're like, oh, what are we going to do today? Oh, let's have some fun. You know, that's, you only think let's have some fun when you're not in a chronic stress state. So you have to first get out of the chronic stress state and then your body's going to seek those experiences. Yeah, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. Yeah. So okay. uh, there is a question that uh, Brenda, she is not able to join the call today, but she left a question on Facebook for you. And yeah. her question is about in one of the videos, you talked about the fact that your body, uh, let me so let me read what she says. In one of the videos, you yes. talked about the fact that your body doesn't know that it's as heavy as it is. Instead, yeah, your yeah, body yeah. thinks it's thin. Yeah. How can I let yeah. my body know that it's overweight instead of being thin? Or is visualizing it being thin comforting enough for my body? Yeah, so what I, what I was talking about, and this is, a, this is the, probably the most important point when it comes to body weight, is the relationship between the hormone leptin, which is the which is the master hormone that regulates body weight, and your hypothalamus, which is your brain, the brain part, the part of your brain that's in charge of survival. So it's like this uh, walnut-sized part of your brain that's uh, at the very base. Uh, it's called it's called your animal brain, your survival brain, your hypothalamus. That part of your brain measures signals uh, of from your fat cells that come through the hormone leptin. So if you have fat on your body, your, your fat cells will produce leptin. And that leptin will go through your bloodstream until your, your brain gets it, your survival brain. And that's how your survival brain knows how much fat you have on your body. And that's how it works. And if you've got too much fat, then your survival brain goes, oh, we've got too much fat. You know, let's not be hungry. Let's be active. Let's speed up our thyroid and metabolism and all the good things. If you've got too much leptin floating around your, and your brain gets the message that you're, that you're too fat. Um, and then if there's not enough, then your body goes into like a fat storage mode. So this is, this is the most important. This is the highest level of regulation as far as your body's concerned about how fat or thin you are, is the interrelationship between 
your fat cells producing the hormone leptin and your brain registering that signal. So when we talk about, and you may have heard me say this many times, the concept of leptin resistance, what leptin resistance is, is when your brain becomes resistant to the message from leptin. So, for example, in my, my case, when I was over 400 pounds, I had over 220 pounds of fat, but my brain was not registering it. It wasn't acting as if it had that weight on it. It wasn't doing the things it would do when all that leptin's floating around and all the fat cells are producing the leptin. It wasn't doing what it was supposed to do. It was resistant. So if you, th- if you think of, if you think of, this is one way to think of it <clears throat> that'll make sense. If you think of your blood, uh, your circulatory system is like the internet. And hormones are emails. It's sort of like hormones are the way our body talks. So our fat cells are going to talk to our brain by sending an email. It's going to say, hey, we've got, we've got 200 pounds of fat, and that's the email. And then your brain gets the email and says, whoa, that's too much fat. Let's, let's lose weight. But if the email doesn't get there or if it goes into spam or if it goes into your junk folder or for whatever reason, they don't read it, you don't get the message. So the hormones are only as good as, as the cell's ability to receive the message. So we, we can develop this condition called leptin resistance, and then our body is acting like we don't have the fat on, our, on us that we do. So you can be 400 pounds and be hungry all the time the way I was. My body was acting like I had no weight on it, even though I had 200 pounds of excess weight. Now, how do you reverse that? Good question. <laughs> the way to reverse it is basically, Nadia, everything you and I talk about in the Gabriel method, which is addressing chronic low-grade stresses and inflammation in your body because it's the, it's the stress hormones and the inflammatory hormones that cause the leptin resistance. Those hormones basically block. They get in the way. They stop your brain from listening. They say, don't listen to that. Don't. They're like, they're, it's like they're in there deleting our emails before we can read them. Does that make sense? Yeah, so when you reduce, when, Yeah, so when you reduce those... Uh, the, those inflammatory hormones and those stress hormones, then your brain is no longer blocked from receiving the message of leptin. And your brain goes, all of a sudden goes, oh, whoa, 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 too much fat. How do we, where did that come from? And you're not hungry anymore. And, and that's why, Nadia, you've heard so many people say, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm just not that hungry anymore. Is something wrong? And I'm saying, no, what's wrong is nothing. You, you have now reversed leptin resistance, and your body wants to burn fats. And that's why we, we focus on getting to that place, that magic place where you're just not that hungry anymore, and you're craving healthier foods, and you're wanting to be more active. And that all comes from reducing the stresses and, and inflammatory hormones that are preventing your brain from registering how fat you are. And then once your brain registers it, it's like a light switch goes off. You know, your brain's like, whoa, way too much fat. And then boom. That's, so it's a really yeah. good question. And that's, that's what, that's what that I was referring to when I said that. So the answer, well, how right. do I get it to, you know, the answer of how do I get it to know how much weight I have or feel comfortable being thin is really to focus step by step on all of the different things we talk about to reduce the chronic low-grade stress hormones and inflammatory hormones that are causing the problem. Great. Beautiful, John. Thank you. Cool. Yeah. Good question. Yeah. Um, there's another question here. This is, this is a question that Stephanie had asked during our last Ask John. And 
she's talking, so it might tie in with the, the reducing stress that you were just talking about. She, she wants to know, how do I deal with the fear of gaining weight through this process? And she's understanding that she's, it's not about weighing herself, so she's not weighing herself, yeah. but because she's yeah. not weighing herself, she now it does not know either way if, if she's gaining weight or losing weight, and that's causing her to be yeah. in this constant state of stress. So she goes on to say yeah. that she started at 409 pounds nine days ago, and she's been really stressing about not weighing herself. So she weighed herself today, and now she's 412, yeah. and now she's really stressed yeah. out and worried. So it's sort yeah. of this vicious yeah. cycle of, of stress that you were talking about. Could you speak yeah. to, to her on that? Yeah, I would love to. What, what's, what's her name? Her name is Stephanie. She, I don't see her on the Stephanie, call today. Yeah. This was a question okay. she posted last on the last John call. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd, lo- I'd, love to, I'd love to talk to her. Uh, the, keep in mind, the difference between 409 and 412 is, you know, is the difference between a glass of water or whether you went to the bathroom. It's not, you know, it's, your body will, weight will fluctuate, you know, 1% plus or minus in, in a day. And 1% could be 4 pounds, you know, at, at, that, at, at that weight. So, uh, that's not a significant. That's not kind of a significant number. But that being said, uh, you, uh, you you do want to stay within your comfort zone. So if you are doing things, whatever you were doing before you started the Gabriel method that was comfortable for you and kept your weight managed and made you feel secure, you want to keep doing those things. In general, I I don't recommend weighing yourself. But if that's an important part of making you feel comfortable and in control, then absolutely you should. Because it really is about making you feel safe and in control, and if that's not, and if that's causing the reverse, then you then you should continue to go back to weighing yourself uh, and feeling and feeling comfortable. Also, but for me personally, um, I can I usually can gauge where I am just how by the way my clothes feel uh, and how my body feels, and so you might want to start to tune into that and pay more attention to that. But certainly do whatever makes you feel comfortable and whatever's keeping your weight stable uh, for now, but st- and then start to approach some of the other issues. One of the biggest issues, Nadia, as you know, uh, is, is emotional trauma, and that can cause real serious weight gain. And so focus on, and that's something that most people don't focus on when it comes to weight, so focus on healing emotional trauma, working through emotional trauma, while keeping, while keeping your, your same pattern of weighing yourself and eating whatever you've been eating and all that kind of stuff that's keep, keeping your weight where it is, but then focus on the emotional for a month or two. And then there'll be sort of this marriage where you can kind of let go of the reins a little bit. You don't have to weigh yourself anytime. You don't have to monitor what you're eating all the time because you've, there's been a shift in your body because those hormones have changed. So, uh, so that, that's, what, that's what I would suggest. Cool. So um, right. I'm going to just bring – we do have uh, Ingrid from uh, – Ingrid from Australia. So I'm just going to bring her in and have a quick chat with her. And then maybe, Nadia, if we have time, I'll, I'll bring you back. Okay, great. Thanks, John. Thanks, Nadia. Okay. Uh, yeah. Is Ingrid there? Hi, Ingrid. Um, Hello. I saw you on, on the Australian television when you first came on. And I thought yeah. you were one of miracles and things like that are impossible. And I only came okay. across you in, in March again, and I was absolutely yeah. thrilled. So I, I Googled you, and I said, wow, this is the same fella. Yeah. Um, I, I, I started then to, to follow your, uh, your instructions. I've read your book. I go to bed to, to, with John every night. 
the first few weeks I slept like a baby, but now it's back to I'm waking up at 3 or 4 and can't sleep. Plus, I have not lost any weight. I do morning visualization, night visualization. I do yeah. meditation. Uh, I do everything I, it's asked. If there are any uh, triggers, emotional, or I'm, I'm 76 years, there have been lots of upsets in my life, of course. But yeah. lots of happy times, yeah. too. Uh, basically, yeah. I'm a happy person. I'm an active, active person. I've been mar- happily married for fi- almost 57 years. So life is pretty good, except I'm yeah. around 104 kilos, which is not so good for my for my heart. Yeah. And and uh, how long have you had the extra weight on you? Go. So I've been yo-yoing yeah. for a good 50 years. Okay. Okay. The first thing I want to say is to be patient because sometimes there can be a long lead time to shifting your metabolism and changing your body hormonally, which is very, very different than going on a diet. Now, you've been going on diets off and on for 50 years, as you say, and, and this is what we're conditioned to. With a diet, you're, you're conditioned to some sort of instant gratification because you're cutting out all these things that you like. And so you, whatever results you're going to get in the diet, you're going to get them immediately. But then what happens is then your, your body adjusts and you're kind of, kind of going to war with your body. Uh, maybe you lose 20, uh, 10 kilos, say, but then you're fighting cravings all the time and you're not losing any weight anymore. And then you binge and then the weight comes back. That's, that's what we're used to with dieting. And that's the whole yo-yo thing. This is a little bit different. This is sort of what I, kind of like what I would call pay it forward. You know, I don't know if you remember the movie that came out about 10 years ago, Pay It Forward, where you have to do something nice first before you get the results. So what I mean by that is the things that you're doing right now are perfect, but they may not yield results immediately. Sometimes they do for people, uh, and then that's great when, it, when that happens. But then for the people that, uh, that it doesn't happen immediately, it can be disheartening because they have an expectation that it has to happen immediately. Uh, it can take months to shift your metabolism. This, these things that I'm talking about, about shifting your hormones at the hor- hormonal and cellular level, the changes that I'm talking about, they can take months of doing exactly what you're doing right now. Uh, so, so what I would ask you to do is I, it's great that you are doing what you're doing. I would want you, before you look for immediate weight loss, I want you to look for some of the signs that you are changing hormonally. And these are some of the signs. So some of the signs are you are less hungry in general. You're just not thinking about food as much. That's one sign. Uh, another one is in the afternoons when you typically have the, the, the lull and the junk food cravings and then you're tired. You're not as tired in the afternoons. You don't have the junk food cravings in the afternoons. Uh, when you do eat, you tend to stop eating sooner uh, and you just have more energy in general. I'm not saying, I'm not saying you, you have any of these right now, but these are the things to look for. Because if these things are happening, it means your body is slowly starting to burn more fat so that you're not having sugar cravings, so you're not as hungry, so that when you eat, you feel full sooner. And that's an indication that things are happening. And the best thing, and, and what you want to do when that happens is to continue to do it and continue to allow your body to change hormonally and cellularly gradually over, a, over several months because that will create a very lasting experience. What's, what I've seen happen with people, which is sad, and it's great that we're talking right now, is that things are happening the way they're supposed to happen in the body. All they have to do is just keep going, and then they, but they have the expectation that, it's, that it has to happen right away, and then so they feel like it's not working. So what I want to say to you is you are doing the right things. 
And if you start to see any of these signs over the next uh, three or four weeks, things are happening for you. Keep doing it because there will be this crossover point uh, where your body uh, starts to regain the ability to, uh, your brain can assess how much extra weight you have on your body and uh, your, body, your body can burn fat more efficiently. And it becomes magic at that point. It really is magical at that point. And, uh, but, but it can take time. So that's really, that, that's, that's the main message that I have for you. What you're doing, keep doing it. And let's talk, we can talk in four weeks or whenever the next Ask John is, and we can check in each time if you want and see where you're at. Uh, but, and, and we can compare what you're feeling and see if there's any change. But, but you're 76, you've had this issue for 50 years, be patient while your body changes hormonally and cellularly. Does, does that make sense? Absolutely, absolutely. I'm definitely, definitely never going to give up because I know in my innermost self that this is the right way to go. Yeah. So I'm it, not it really ever is. going to give up. And, and no matter what, you, are, you will be getting, by, doing, by reducing stress uh, and healing your digestion and adding healthier <clears> foods, you're going to be healing at every level. It is the right thing to do for, for you at, at every level. So, so be patient. Keep doing what you're doing. And maybe if you want, we can check in again you know, uh, in, the, in the next call if you want. Thank you so much, John. Yeah, my and pleasure. God bless. Thank you. God bless you, too. Thank you. Cool. Let's Bye. bring Nadia back in if we can. Bye. Hey, John. Hey, Nadia. Hey, uh, that reminds me. I wanted, I've been wanting, I wanted to tell people for a while. Yesterday, I interviewed a lady. Her name's Nicole Sachs. And she uh, focuses on something called the cure for chronic pain. And, uh, and what's interesting, she does this work. Uh, she's a mentor of a doctor who uh, died, I think, last year, but he was practicing for 50 years, called Dr. Sarno. I don't know if you've heard of him. But he does, uh, he, he does emotional healing for chronic pain. And what, what she, she's, got the, so she's got this specific technique for healing emo- chronic pain that's just emotional. It's all it is. And she's getting these miraculous cures. And she herself has had a miraculous cure. So when she was 19, she's 46 now. When she was 19, she had a rollerblading accident. Um, and it crushed part of her pelvis. And part of, one of her vertebrae was crushed. Uh, they said that she'd never be able to do sports again. She'd never be able to walk upright again. She'd never be able to have kids or travel. Uh, and that by the time she was 40, she'd be hunched over. So she's 46 now. She hasn't had any, and she'd be in chronic pain the whole time. There's nothing they could do. So she did this work. She has no chronic pain and has had no chronic pain for 20 years. She's got three kids. She's an athlete. She looks like she's in her 20s. And, uh, and she's been doing this, this emotional technique. And what she says is that when she does, when people come to her for chronic pain and she does this emotional technique, they lose weight too. And what I've discovered is when people come to me for, for weight loss, when they come to us, and we work, through the, we work through the emotional issues, the chronic pain goes away. That it's basically all related and that, and that emotions are so, so important and so underlooked and so undervalued in healing and health. And, uh, and, and the place to go, in my opinion, when you've gone everywhere else, you know, when you have yo-yo dieted for 30 years and you've dried everything, well, there could be an emotional issue that's causing a real physical issue. It's causing real inflammation in your body, real, chemi- real hormonal ke- chemistry in your body that's causing you to gain weight. Uh, the, the, the unresolved feeling of feeling unsafe, your body might want the extra weight to, to make you feel safer. 
focusing on emotions is the cure for, for so many of us. And we all have, we all have emotional trauma and we come, we grow up in a culture where you're supposed to get on with it, get over it, move on, but your body doesn't get over it. And there's this, and there's this part of you that's inside of you that doesn't get over it. Uh, and so you carry it around with you in the form of pain and weight. And that is where you get the, the biggest bang. I'm, I'm learning more and more, but uh, I thought that was really cool. And so she has a course uh, I'll, I'm going to, I did, I did the interview yesterday. I'll post the interview later this week uh, with a link to the course. She's also going to be at Omega uh, and give a talk at, at our Omega retreat in August. Uh, for any of you that are thinking of going to Omega, she's going to be there and give and work people through, walk people through her emotional process. So I'm, I'm super excited about that. Oh, that sounds really interesting. And where yeah. can we find that interview? Will you post that on Facebook? Yeah, well, I'll post it on Facebook. I'll post it in the. Uh, I'll send an email. It'll be on our blog, and I'll send it into the members area also in the support group. So we, you you won't miss it. Uh, it'll come out. And the way I discovered it is one of our coaches, Grant Lures, he's had chronic back pain for months now. I've uh, been seeing osteopaths and, and uh, chiropractors, and he can barely walk. And he did this process, and he said within hours he was running on the beach. He said it was a miraculous, miraculous cure, and he hasn't had he hasn't had any problems? He says when he does feel any problem, he does the emotional process, and it goes away. It's just unreal the power that emotions have on our body and how underlooked and undervalued it is. I really feel like in 50 or 100 years from now, the first place someone's going to look when you go to the doctor, and this got, a lot's got to happen before this is going to happen, <clears throat> but someday when you go to the doctor, the first thing they're going to do is talk about what's going on in your life emotionally. That's the first place they're going to look. A uh, lot's got to happen for that to happen, but that's that's where that's where the real magic is, and nobody is nobody is yeah. really looking at it, and and the people that are are not doctors, so they haven't integrated all of the medical side of things or the hormonal side of things. But when you marry the two and get the best of both worlds, that's where real health comes. Yeah, I completely agree with you, and I'm very much looking forward to hearing the interview you did with Nicole yeah, yeah. Sachs. It sounds a very uh, very real, very it makes it makes common sense to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm excited about her. I'm excited to see her at Omega, too. I think it's going to be great. Cool. Yeah, that's so, great uh, that she'll be there to connect with people. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Any other questions that, that uh, we need to cover? Yeah, there is um, one. Uh, it, it's a question about intermittent fasting. And this is a question yes. that came up in the chat role during the last Ask John. It's from Marina. And yeah. she says, hi, yeah. John, I know that you are a big supporter of intermittent fasting, but how do you feel about eating only one meal per day? For example, an early dinner, one big and healthy yeah. meal, but only once per day. Is this beneficial for someone who has a lot to lose or is this not healthy? Yeah, it's, it's both beneficial and healthy if, uh, if you're not fighting your body. So I, when I say I'm a supporter of intermittent fasting, I'm a supporter, of, as you know, what I call organic intermittent fasting, which means your body's on board. Like when you get to this place where you're not that hungry anymore and you can go hours and hours without eating because your body's actually burning its fat stores, which, which is what it was always supposed to do, but it lost the ability to do that. When all that unwinds, yeah, then you can go long periods of time without eating and then it's really healthy. But if you're not at that place and you are hungry first thing in the morning or hungry late at night and you're fighting cravings all the time, that's not going to work. That's going to backfire. Then you're just turning it into another diet uh, that's got a very short window before you have a huge binge. You go, okay, I'm not doing intermittent fasting today. So then you go and you get, you know, a half a gallon of ice cream and you get a pizza and you get 
McDonald's and you get all these things because you're off your diet today. So, so if you're turning it into a diet, then no, it's bad. It's dangerous. It'll, it'll work against you. But if you are naturally not that hungry for, uh, for an 18 uh, hour period of time, or if you can eat, if you're eating one meal a day and then not hungry the rest of the time, it's, it's really, really good for you. So for me, for example, Yesterday, my last meal was 4.30 in the afternoon, and then this morning I ate at 10.30. So that's 18 hours. That's what they talk about. And that was just natural. I wasn't pushing myself. I'm typically not hungry at night, typically not hungry in the morning. My body's just fallen into that habit. So there was never a thought after 4.30 that I wanted to eat, never a thought before 10.30 that I wanted to eat. I don't have, and so it's, a, it's an organic experience. And if it doesn't happen every day, I don't think twice about it. If I'm hungry at 7 in the morning or late at night, I'll eat. I don't think twice about it. But when it comes organically, it's beautiful. And the one meal a day thing, uh, that is even better if it's organic. But it's rare. It's very, very rare that uh, you can get to that place where you're just wanting one meal a day. So that's not for most people. Um, and if you try to push it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to backfire. Um, here, here's another question that, that's asking about that, that whole concept of eating when you're hungry and not eating when you're not hungry. And the question is... Yeah. Um, I have a question about eating, not eating when you're hungry. My hunger is not gradual, and I feel very hungry all of a sudden. And if I haven't eaten in more yeah. than four hours, I tend to overeat. How often does the Gabriel yes. Method recommend you should eat? And if you only eat when you are hungry, then how do you avoid overeating? Yeah. So that's a, that's a really good question, and uh, I, don't, I don't recommend any specific t- type of eating that goes against where your body is at any time. So uh, I don't say that you should eat this many times a day if that's not where you're at with your body. And it can work against you too, because if you're not hungry in the morning, but then you say, oh, John Gabriel said I should eat a good breakfast, that works against you uh, because the breakfast actually shouldn't be eating it if you're not hungry. What, what I would suggest, if you're in that situation, I understand that situation where you're just ravenously hungry all of a sudden, is I would pay attention to that. Uh, I would, I would, and if you pay attention to it, what you will find is there's a correlation between when you feel hungry and what's happened prior. So it might be you're hungry at a certain time. It's always two thirty of the day or three o'clock. Uh, it might be after you've gone four hours without eating. It might be after you've had a really stressful experience. Pay attention to what 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 the patterns are, and then once you do that, be proactive. So for example, if you know that every day at three thirty you all of a sudden are ravenously hungry, then eat something at three, even though you're not hungry. Eat something, eat something then to, to stabilize. What you're having is you're having this massive blood sugar plummet. Eat something then to stabilize your blood sugar so that you won't have this massive blood sugar plummet. If you're going out to a party and you know that it's going to be a couple of hours before they serve the food, by the time they serve the food, you're going to be ravenous. Eat something before you go out. Keep your blood sugar stable around the times that you've determined are the patterns when you're going to get hungry. And if you do that, then you won't have problems. That sounds great. Thanks, John. Yeah, sure. Okay, I, I do see a message from Tiffany that there is another caller. Would you like to okay. do some more questions here or take the caller? Well, let's, let's take the caller if we can. Okay, perfect. Thanks, Thanks. John. Sarah, yeah. Sarah from New York. Okay. Let's take Sarah. Hi, John. This is Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hi, how are you? Hi. I'm good, thank you. Um, so 
my question is, so I've been doing um, the visualizations not regularly, but semi-regularly, but compared to a year ago where I wasn't able to kind of exercise at all, I'm doing the, um, I've started adding in um, Coach Brian, which I love. And um, my my question really is that I did intensive blood work recently um, with someone who who heals with like herbal and Mm -hmm. cellular kind of treatment. And so he told me that, um, you know, he could see in my blood that I'm leptin resistant and um, like that my body is holding on to the weight like a pregnancy. And so my question is, um, I, I'm, I've been doing very deep emotional work for a very long time, many years, and tried almost everything. And my question is, now that I'm doing, I mean, you probably answered this with other people, but I'm wondering for myself, now that I'm adding in movement and I'm mostly eating what I should be eating, and but my body still isn't budging, like the weight. And, like, yeah. the emotional work just is, it keeps on going to very early traumas. I've been doing it for very many years. and Yeah. So I'm just wondering, I, I, I guess I feel a little bit despair, but I don't want to sure. give up because I know that this is heading sure. somewhere. And I, I'm just wondering, like, is there anything else I'm maybe missing? Yeah. How old are you? 47. Any signs of menopause? No, not yet. How, and how much weight are you looking to lose? Um, 30 pounds. And how long have you had that weight on you? So I've always had kind of weight issues, but I've never been, I've gone through periods where I've been slim, and then I've, you know, always like kind of up and down. I have yeah. had quite a few I have a few children, and um, so I would say it went back to my teens where I had already a weight issue, but never, like, over the top for myself, but still, you know, it's never been like it is now where it's very stubborn. I feel like it's it's never been as stubborn as it is now, if you know what I mean. Sure, yeah. There might be, you know, you might be heading into menopause, pre-menopause, without knowing it yet, and that's going to have an effect. Uh, Things change, you know, things change around that age, from 47 to 53, things change. So that may be part of it. But what's coming to me kind of just intuitively, though, is that, you know, you're talking about the emotional work, and, uh, and, you know, the thing about emotional work is that it's done when it's done. It's not like, you know, it's not like getting a, an accounting degree. You know, when you get an accounting degree, you've got to study for four years or whatever it is, pass the test, and you've got the degree. Emotional work isn't like mm-hmm. that. It's done when it's done. And when you say that you've got, you know, a lot of, uh, there was a lot of emotional trauma and that you've been doing a lot of work, I feel the feeling that goes through me when you say that is that there's still some more work to do. Um, and... I would love for you to uh, listen to this interview that I did with uh, Nicole Sachs, which, again, should be coming out in the next week or so. Uh, if you don't see it in the mm-hmm. next week or so, send, send, a, send us an email and learn more about her program um, and see if that's a type of work that would benefit you. 
because even though you have done a lot of work, it doesn't necessarily mean that the traumas, the trauma is gone. And what I feel is that that's the case possibly that yes, you've done a lot of work, but yes, also uh, there's, there's some trauma, but, but that doesn't, that also doesn't mean that the trauma can't go away instantly under the, if, if it goes mm-hmm. away, because I've seen that happen too. I've seen people in your situation that have done lots and lots of work. And then all of a sudden they've had this massive shift. And um, it's like mm-hmm. if you're digging, if you're digging a well, you know, it's all dirt until you hit the water, but you could be one, one shovel bit f- f- away from the water and there's no water, you know, but then you do right. that shovel and then it's filled with water. And that's sort of the feeling that I get, that you're right, that the dam's ready to break, that you're ready, about to make mm-hmm. the connection, about to make the shift. And that the fact that I was just talking about this emotional work, and then you just called in, mm-hmm. I can't help but think that this emotional work might possibly be what you need to, to create that shift. So I would just be open to that um, because, Absolutely. as I said, emotional, yeah, cause I said, as emotional work is it's not a one-size-fits-all. Some people do get instant right. results from emotional work. And it's just it's just that it's done when it's done. It's just that simple. So, um, if, would this be because let's say, in my head, I'm I'm very aware of what happened emotionally, and it feels to me yeah. like my body is holding on to it. Like it, it's yeah. almost like the body is carrying it. So, do you think yes. this program can help that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, that's what, that's very much. That's that's the, that's the the the, the signature. Uh, example that you just gave is classic example of just of what I call emotional obesity, which is you know your your body's holding on to weight from from some sort of emotional trauma, uh, and uh, and the work that she does is interesting. It's it, it basically it gives you a safe place to express that part of you that uh, wants to say things that are not polite or not you shouldn't think these thoughts, you shouldn't have those thoughts, and it gives you a, a way to journal through them and release them and work through them. And get things flowing. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you use the terminology, your body's holding on, right? Uh, and mm-hmm. and the, the work that we do also through cellular release and through tapping and, and the work that she's doing is real, literally to get the emotions flowing through your body. That's what needs to happen. The, the, instead of holding on, there has to be a letting go. And from the letting right. go, there's a, a releasing of emotions. That sounds wonderful because that's where I need the yeah. help is the letting go. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that. Yeah, that's what it feels like. That that's what it feels like to me. Okay. Um, Thank yeah. you so and much. Even, you know, you're welcome. I just want to say one thing that I, whenever I mm-hmm. identify what the issue is for me that I need to work on, I'll use kind of a combination of visualization and affirmations. And you can, um, you, you you might want to try these. I have uh, four affirmations that I talk about quite often. <clears throat> you might want to write them down and try them. Uh, so while okay. you are while you're listening to a visualization, you can be lying down and just imagine every cell of your body is saying this over and over again. So your cells are saying it. Not, you're not necessarily saying it. Your cells are saying it. So they're saying, I love you. I accept you. I appreciate you. I forgive you. And you might want to add in to that. I release the pain or I let go of the hurt. And your cells are saying this. So then you can um, continue to say that. I love you. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I love that. It sounds very um, very intuitive for what I need to, to do. Um, yeah. But on one of your visualizations, maybe it's the safe one, I do have an yeah. issue with um, talking about, like, 
there's there's one line about the parents, um, something about parents, and and that's where I kind of block out. I don't I don't know. So I'm wondering, do you do you what's the suggestion for that? Like. Yeah, so I'm not sure the actual the actual line you're referring to, but I would certainly listen to a different visualization, any visualization mm-hmm. that feels comfortable for you, and then and Even then though but that do these, the these affirmations. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I've, we've made but, many other emotional release releasing okay. emotion. You know, I would look through them. There's many other emotional type okay. of um, All right, meditations. Good. So it's important that it feels right to me. One hundred percent, and and any one any any visualization at all. If you're doing this, these these five affirmations that I just suggested, just imagine yourself saying them over and over again. Uh, you will you'll get tremendous benefit. Okay, wonderful. Really appreciate everything. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, and thanks for calling. And and you know, I just want to reiterate because we talked so much about emotions in this class <clears throat> that it is a field of stu- study that I'm learning more and more is is the ultimate is the ultimate. Uh, cure for people that have struggled with pain and weight uh, for most of their life and have had trauma. And we're just, we just don't, we're in our infancy in terms of understanding what to do about it. It's, unfortunately, it's not as easy as taking a pill. Uh, and what works for one person isn't necessarily going to work for someone else. So there's a lot of feeling around. We're kind of all feeling around in the dark. But I do also believe that in 50 years to 100 years from now, that's going to be the first place People look. I mean, not if you get hit by a bus, obviously. But uh, you know, if you've got chronic pain, you've got weight issues, you've got a- any type of structural issues, the first place someone's going to look is wh- what's going on emotionally and how to get the emotions to release yeah. and flow, and the and the effect the emotions have on the body. You know. Yeah, I cool. I I believe that because I I experience firsthand on how the emotions can affect the body. So. Yeah. 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 Okay. Thanks, John. Well, cool. Nice talking to you, and, and feel free to call, call in again Same next time. And, uh, okay, Thank take you. care. Thank you. Cool. Let's just, let's just bring Nadia in for – we just have a couple more minutes. We'll just bring her in for one second just to talk for a minute. Hi, John. Can you... Nadia. Hi, John. Hey, hey, Nadia. Hi. Hi. Cool. So, yeah, I, you know, it's interesting uh, that what we were just talking about with this last caller about um, – uh, with Sarah about about emotions is is really, I think it's due to the fact that we don't study the effect that emotions have on the body enough, uh, that we don't have that we haven't perfected cures and we have to keep trying different things and try what works for us, and I do feel that over time, that's the that's the place that people are going to start becoming more and more aware that that's where the real for all the things that 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 people say there's no cure fibromyalgia you know the first time i ever heard of fibromyalgia was when someone told me that they no longer have it after working through the emotional aspects of of their weight you know we were we were working with them to help them lose weight and then they said my fibromyalgia went away i said that's great what's fibromyalgia well, you know, fibromyalgia is chronic pain all over the body, and the do- when do- and doctors don't know what it is, and they say that the- there's no cure. Well, there is a cure. It's just it's an emotional cure. <clears throat> and I have found time and time again that if you focus on with chron- with autoimmune issues in general, and with chronic pain, if you focus on digestion and emotions, that combination, that's where that's where miraculous types of cures happen. And when something when something happens once, it's a miracle, right? But when it happens repeatedly doing the same process, it's not a miracle. It's just a process and a, and a law and a fact that we, haven't, we don't understand. 
And one of those is the, effect that emo- the effects that emotions have on the body to clog it up, block it up, uh, cause, cause weight, cause <clears throat> um, ch- chronic pains and other issues. And, and the effect that you can have by learning how to release and unblock those emotions, how you can reverse all that. It's really, it's really cool yeah. stuff. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think this is, I agree with you that in the future, this is going to be the biggest part of any sort of uh, doctor visit. And once yeah. you can learn the, the techniques, you know, EFT and um, perhaps this technique that you learned from Nicole that I'm excited to learn more about, yeah. you know, once you learn yeah. these things and you can have them as part of your daily habits when you're going through life, anytime yeah. you feel a little bit of stress, you can do something to release that stress so it doesn't get built up. You know, moving yeah. forward, that's a wonderful way to go through your days. Yeah, and I think also having a culture, it would be so beautiful over time if we had a culture that, that acknowledged how important it is to feel your feelings and to work through emotional yeah. issues. I always, tell, I always tell my daughter, she's you know, almost six, she's going to be 16 in a couple of weeks, I always tell her the key to success in life is, is feeling your emotions. And we don't. We block them out, and then we use drugs, drinking, smoking, food, other addictions. Uh, we, we get into repetitive patterns uh, where we, where we call, have the same problem, have it over and over and over and over because we haven't worked through it. Uh, life's always trying to give us an opportunity to work, it, work through it, and we can't work through it. And, it, and it's just and it's endless because in our culture we don't validate the importance of feeling your emotions and working through emotional issues. Yeah, you're right. And when this changes, yeah. so much will change. Like you said earlier, everything is connected. If you if you yeah. feel your emotion, something that's seemingly unrelated will go away because it's not actually unrelated. Where everything is connected. That's, that's the main point. Your mind, your emotions, your energy, your spirit—they're all connected to your body. They're all interrelated. They're different levels of vibration. They're different levels of energy, but they're all the same thing. It's like the difference between ice, yeah. water, and and steam. It's all the same thing. It's just different vibrations. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cool. All right. Well, uh, so I think that's going to be it for today. Thanks, everyone, for calling in and your questions. And we will have another Ask John next month. In the meantime, we've got weekly classes in the support group. So check in with our our coaches and uh, in all areas of mind, body, health, and fitness and weight loss. And reach out to us in in the Facebook group. I will post that uh, interview that I did with Nicole Sachs within a week, so check, check on that. And if you're interested in joining us in Omega, by the way, uh, they are almost fill, uh, sold out of their private rooms. Uh, that's August 5th to 10th, and Nicole will be there, uh, as well as Robert Pang, which I'm really excited about, and um, many other superstars. So, and Nadia, one day we're going to get you there. <laughs> tough for you to yes, come. Yes, I hope so. Uh, I understand <laughs> that's always a tough time, time for you, but... Um, but anyway, we'll, hopefully uh, we'll think about you and you can be there in spirit and, um, and it should be, it's going to be a really, really great time. So, Nadia, thanks for your help and thanks, everyone, and have an awesome, awesome couple of weeks. Thanks, John. Thanks. Thanks for joining me on this Ask John Call-In Day. For any questions I was unable to get to in this call, I'll post my written responses in the forum for your reference. I appreciate you taking time to join me here, and I look forward to connecting again with you soon.